Damn, nail. You're tuned in to We'll Be Right Black Podcast. I'm Nina. And it's your boy, Frankie. We'll be having fun conversations, diving into the latest social media debates, trending topics, relationships, sports, faith, and whatever else comes up. So kick back and take a listen. And you can join us in the discussion by following us at WBR Black on Instagram and Twitter. And also find us on Facebook at We'll Be Right Black. You are tuned into another episode of Reality that's keeping it real with Re. Today I have a special one of my very favorite favorite married couples. Um, they have a podcast. It's actually called We'll Be Right Black, and it's going to be Miss Nina and Frankie. We are going to talk about Kevin Samuels. Listen, y'all, Frankie—he's on the fence about Kevin Samuels. Nina's just like, ah, I don't even want him in my vocabulary. And me sitting over here, I actually kind of like them. So I'm excited to have a dialogue about like why would a married couple, one person not like them, the other one is on the fence, and then you got me, my non-married self. I ain't gonna say single because that might get me in trouble, but non-married self over here really enjoying him. But before we get into that, I wanna thank everybody for tuning in to another episode. As always, you can follow me on social media, all of my social media. So it's Reality on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and it's ReMC on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to have you um, support the movement. With that said, you can always support the movement by donating. This is my catch up. It's going to be ReMCC. That's two C's. So support the brand. Make sure, you know, it takes a lot of money to keep this thing rolling. So you can support me from behind the scenes and just donate to my little cash app. Um, make sure you reach out to me if you feel like you want to be on the show. I would love to have you as well. Without further ado, we are going to bring in Miss Nina and Mr. Frankie from We'll Be Right Black Podcast. What up? Hey, guys. And that is black. A lot of people say back. But yeah, so you got it right. Appreciate that. <laughs> You know, I, I hate it when people get my stuff wrong, so I try to make it a point to get it correct when I'm speaking about other people and their brands. Appreciate it. So, We'll Be Right Black. Tell everybody what that is, what it's about, how it started. Uh, well, um, well, it started during the pandemic. We were bored. It really, it honestly just started off as a, just a project to keep ourselves entertained doing something during the pandemic. And so, we decided to come up with, we always, our relationship is based on like communication and we just be having these dope conversations. This is what grew our bond. And so obviously that's the root of a lot of our part of our relationship. And so I was just like, when we, you know, record some of our conversations, like we'd be having some fire conversations. And so came up with conversations. Doing- I like that he keeps saying that. <laughs> They, they can get a little, <laughs> a little intense, but uh, yeah. So I decided to record it, and so voila. We'll be right black. All right. Born was will be right black. How we came up with the name was <laughs> Nina actually didn't even like the name. <laughs> Nina's eye roll is. She didn't like the name. He was like, I got it. <laughs> I don't like that. It. it just came to me, and she was like, eh, but it grew. It, I think it grew on her, so. And I thought it was, I thought it would be catchy. So I don't know. It's cute. I think it's cute. And I like the little Martin logo vibe y'all got going on. 
I saw your logo. Like, I'm gonna wear way. this shirt. I'm gonna wear made in the '90s because uh, Martin. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. before we get into uh, your podcast and who you are as people, I'm gonna have to ask you, what's in your cup? On here, we drink. Uh, we're actually gonna play a card game called Spill It, and a part of that card game is that you have to take some sips um, with the with the question that comes with it. So, what's in your cup? I'm drinking Cooper's Hawk Passion Fruit today. Um, it is a Sunday, but Jesus drank wine, and y'all might not see this on the side. Redneck Rosé. Redneck Rosé. From Stone Pillar Winery in Kansas, yes. I hate the name, but it's delicious. Okay. Yeah, we did a wine tasting. This was one of our favorites, so uh, boom. We just cracked it. What exactly is Redneck Rosé? Well, it's a very nice, smooth rosé. Uh, it's probably a little sweeter rosé. It's a semi-sweet for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I can't really do the drives like that. <laughs> I'm not a drive fan, but uh, so yeah, semi-sweet is that nice, not too sweet, but but it's again. not gonna dry your mouth out. All right. So if you had to go with a hard liquor, what's your choice? Are you a Casamigo kind of person, a whiskey? What you going what's for? What's the deal with Casamigo? What I don't did know. This go for? <laughs> Her to wing off a of Patron a little bit. Okay. Do Who do you to go to? Like, okay, I mean, we do Don Julio. <laughs> a little smoother. You like. Patron was my early 20s drink. That was my early 20s. Patron in Amsterdam. I don't do that. Oh, uh, I got to give it to Frankie Nina. Patron is like a lead at back in like 10 years ago. That's her. Uh, Deuce <laughs> if I'm feeling dark. Okay. Uh, or I can do like a, a certain crown, like vanilla crown or something, okay. vanilla crown, something like that. But typically do something. Yeah. Something. I'm a dark kind of girl too. More not not cognac. I'm a whiskey kind of person. So. Right. Yeah. Apparently, I'm a full fledged grown up. <laughs> yeah, it can go either way. For me, so. Okay, so we'll be right back. What kind of conversations should people expect to hear? I know you said that you guys kind of have dope conversations, but you tend to lean towards more relationship style or give me an example of something they might hear on your podcast. So we talk a lot about different things that are trending online um, and sometimes that obviously has a lot to do with relationship debates. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of like, would you rather scenarios? So would you rather date? A crackhead or an alcoholic? Oh my god! Not that. <laughs> like, it's a little more sophisticated. It's not that deep, but um, yeah, <laughs> we do talk about relationships every once in a while. But we try really hard not to get like really sappy. I feel like sometimes like couples feel like as soon as they get married or together, they're relationship experts. And so mm -hmm. uh, it's like, that's overwhelming. That People get tired of that. And I just don't feel like singles or anybody else wants to keep hearing from married people talking at them. And so we try to have actual conversations that everybody else 
is having. We try not to do a whole lot of like beat people over the head with advice and stuff like that. I mean, it's really, it's a wide range. If you go on our channel, like it's a, we talk about so many different things, so it's it's hard to like really put us in a box for real. Like we we kind of we touched on like uh, with the George Floyd George Floyd stuff happened. We talked about cancel culture, and then we talked about being a sex addict or how much sex is too much sex or in a relationship and stuff. Like we we can we can touch on a lot of different stuff. I do think relationships is kind of like our expertise though a little yeah. bit even though we don't try to be like we're not marriage counselors and nothing like that. <laughs> it's not that you know but i do like talk i am fascinated in different scenarios and situations um and how people approach that and so that's kevin samuels is somebody that obviously would like <laughs> nina's face <laughs> like, nina's face is house. like uh that's my wheelhouse though so, yeah. You want to like throw up when you hear his name, <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to dig in Kevin Samuels, but now I have to test your will be right black knowledge first. So you guys said that you uh, do would you rather scenarios. So I'm going to have Frankie do a would you rather for me and Nina, and then Nina you'll do a would you rather for me and Frankie, and then we'll answer. So you got to come up with this right off the top of your dome. So I'm oh, gonna start God. with you. Okay, wait, who am I doing it for? Both He'll do one for the both of us, and okay. then he'll do one for the both of us, too. I mean, I probably could have come up with one, but I don't know if I'll be as good as it. I'll try. I'll try one for y'all. I will just give a disclaimer. Frankie comes up with these. Because <laughs> that's, not, that's not my thing, so. Yeah. All right, Frankie, you first. All right. Ooh, some difficult ones. So, uh, one of my favorite ones to ask is, would you rather... Uh, be with somebody who you trust but don't love or be with somebody you love but don't trust? So would you rather be with somebody you trust but don't love or somebody you love but don't trust? Correct. All right, Nina, you first. I would rather be with someone that I trust but don't love. Ooh. Because if rather... I love you, we're going to be in turmoil constantly because I don't trust you. Yeah. But if you don't love them, then what do y'all think? Hey, people in arranged marriages don't love their people and they be together 30, 40 years. They figure it out. They develop a certain type of love. Like there's some, there's usually something love, there. Love. Maybe something will develop. <laughs> Maybe it's, something will develop. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, just. Just be with your best friend then. If it's just somebody you trust. Some don't. people do that. That's happening. Hey, That's that is cool. a thing. Um, that is a thing now. Uh, marrying your... I saw a, a stupid story. Actually, I saw it on Kevin Simmons' page about like best friend cohabitating marriage for benefits or whatever. So mm -hmm. it is a thing. I'd have to say I would be with somebody who I trust but don't love to. Um, I think as women, we prefer like at least something like this a little I ain't gonna say safe because we're fine with taking a risk but like predictable and I think if I can't trust you I'm constantly in my head like uh, uh, uh. I can yeah. I feel like you can learn to love <laughs> you can't learn to love somebody no that's true it's true but in the scenario <laughs> I was like that's not an option like you're never gonna love this person strictly you just trust them I'm just like but that's a long time to be with somebody that you don't love or have like some type of love for them like it's completely absent of love and that's to me long term that's something I don't know that's 
I think I'd rather just love you and just be checking your phone every once in a while. So <laughs> Like, I gotta love you. Like, I feel like I gotta love you, man. But trust is huge, though, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For me, it, it's like, uh, I think especially depends on your age, too. I think if you talk to, like, old, younger people, they'll say, I wanna, I love, 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 loyalty, love, whatever. But as you get older, I think you start to realize that love and logic is the true balance of it. And I will never just love somebody. Like, I cannot be with somebody who I just simply love because, I mean, let's use crackheads, for example. Like, the kids love them to the end of earth. And they'd be like, please get clean, mama. Please, please, please. But they still love crack, but these kids love their mama. And it's not logical to keep running behind this lady who's in the crack house. But all you have is love. So, I don't know. Love alone is too chaotic. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I understand. I mean, the right <laughs> answer is neither. <laughs> right. We're just trying to convince ourselves. But yeah, we're trying to convince ourselves one or the other, you know. So you never said it was an option to say neither. Cause it's not. He wasn't gonna let us get away with it. <laughs> All right, Nina. Would you rather? You up? All right. Would you rather? I'm gonna go with different direction. Would you rather see if these people came back from the dead? Would you rather go to a Whitney Houston concert? Or a Michael Jackson concert. Hmm. Frankie, you first. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Michael, like, what are we talking about here? Michael. Not that Whitney like that. I love, look, what are we talking about? Like, come on, Michael is, is, is there a bigger star They're in the universe? They're both legends. They're both legends. Correct. Correct. That's why you chose both of them. That's right. Right. So this ain't this ain't a dig at Whitney or anything, but I don't. Is there a bigger icon than Michael? I'm, I'm asking a serious question. Is there a bigger icon? Well, people are putting Beyonce on. They trying to. I'm trying to think. They trying uh, to. Okay. We I think could, that's the closest you can get is Beyonce and Michael. Yeah, we could put them because when we talk about artistry, like visuals, mm -hmm. act, not acting, okay? Beyonce, Ooh. I love you, but Ooh. that acting, baby girl. <laughs> can she stop? It's torture. Stop. She just show up like, I mean, if y'all gonna keep asking me, I'm gonna keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do your thing. Give them checks. I thought it was gonna be better with Lion King because it was just the voice, but I was like, it's still too You terrible. even messed up the voiceover. <laughs> it was terrible. It wasn't that bad. Just, oh my God, it was terrible. It wasn't that bad. I, at this point, whatever she do, y'all gonna be like, oh, she was terrible. And no. Like, she didn't have a role. She was just in the credits. Like, she was still terrible. <laughs> At this point, I really, yeah. really wanted to like her in uh, what's the one they have the baby, uh, Idris Elba, right? They have the baby. Oh, um, yeah, so crazy. I can't think. I really wanted to like her in it, but it was just like, I don't know if this is truly how you are as a person. And it's like, we really like you as an artist and we want you to come alive. And this is just who you are. Let me tell you something. I knew that Beyonce wasn't gonna make it in the acting business when they did that Carmen Jones bullcrap on me. <laughs> hip hop. Hip hop. Yeah, that was terrible. Hip hop, bro. <laughs> so early in her career. I knew then wasn't gonna be a thing. Give her see. This don't give her a fair shake. Like you came in with Frankie. notion. Okay, let's just keep it real about this whole Beyonce acting thing. She has so many people at her disposal who can help her refine this. You would think. 
It's a choice. We don't want to do it. <laughs> like y'all keep asking me. It's not for everybody. It's just not for everybody. Actors just may not be first. So I mean, you know. But well, they keep learning it though. That's I keep learning. That's so real. Purely off. I know they getting other people in audition that's doing. That. <laughs> if they choose Beyonce, that's so real. <laughs> like, because they want themselves. Because it ain't no matter how bad she is, the beehive gonna show up. That's right. I'ma stick beside her. Ain't part of the problem. Ain't part of the problem. Beehive no, is part of the problem. I don't know, y'all. I'm having a tough time. Would I do Michael or Whitney? Um, I'm having a hard time because, like, uh, Michael's gonna have so many. He gonna have white kids passing out. That's my problem with Michael. Asian kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I don't really want you like hyperventilating next to me. So I'm gonna go with Whitney. <laughs> it seems fun, safe, and like full of aunties who I'm gonna have a good time with. That's true. <laughs> Cause they gonna turn up. But they yeah, Michael's gonna oh. be like overcrowded, full of like teenagers with signs about Never Never Land and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm going. You know damn well that ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> you tried your hardest to support Whitney, and I respect it. I you respect know what's crazy is I don't like Whitney Houston as an artist. Like I just none of her songs has ever resonated with me. I feel like she made music for like. I don't know. I think because I've been to many drag shows and it's like, and I'm like, oh, they love them some Whitney. Yes, but I really don't care about Whitney Houston. I just don't want the Michael Jackson experience of passing out white kids. I think Whitney's show would be funny. Yes. Oh, we should ask that. Like, drug Whitney or <laughs> get it Whitney? Because drug Whitney, she's gonna be like, bye bye. Man, no, no, no. If you're going to change a drug, I might change my ass. Like, yeah, I didn't say all that. Yeah, I didn't say all that. Yeah. It depends on which Whitney we're talking about. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do a Would You Rather, and then we'll get into our uh, topic, okay? So I've had more than enough time to think about this. Would you rather... Um, would you rather... I'm awful at this. Ain't hard to come up with on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you like you y'all threw it out there. Okay. Would you rather have um damn y'all? Nah, it's okay. They I got tell. nothing. <laughs> nah, they tell me to come. You it takes me, it's one of the hardest episodes I actually do is coming up the would you rather's because yeah. It's because if I talk to them, most of them, people pick one or, you know, easily pick one. You got, it's hard to come up with something that's almost even. Yeah, that people don't debate about. Yeah. Actually, like, that actually takes a lot of forethought. So, I'm going to tip my hat to y'all because y'all came up with them real quick. And I'm like, yeah. dang, I should be it better at this. It ain't easy, y'all. Okay, so, okay, okay. Would you rather, um, what's the guy who, he did the stuff with the girl, the wife. And everybody was roasting them. I can't think of his name right now. He's one of those. Oh, Darren Jackson. Darren Jackson. Would you rather love Darren Jackson or Kevin Samuels? Oh God. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you gotta pick one. Who are you picking and why? That's gonna be more for her. Uh, Cause Kevin Samuels, at least he spits. At least he be spitting a little facts. I guess, but he's a he's clearly a hypocrite. Like he did it. He talked. He don't practice what he preached. So uh, 
he's a fraud, in my opinion. I mean, some people would say that about Kevin Samuels, but okay. So would you rather keep Derek Jackson or Kevin Samuels? You only get one, Nina. What do you mean, Kate? <laughs> Girl. Girl. You gotta get rid of one. You gotta love one. You gotta listen and subscribe to their podcast. I would have to. Oh, this is making me cringe. I would have to say Derek Jackson, purely just because his approach is better than Kevin Samuels. I ain't lying about that. That's the only thing I can base this off of at this point because they both I don't like any one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it ain't like the stuff, some of this stuff he say is not, it's not real. It's just, he's the worst messenger for it because he don't practice what he preach. He clearly was doing his own life wrong while saying <laughs> your heart right. Like, I can't get behind it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, well I'm going to have to keep Kevin. Her guy in her bonnet, so. Girl, her in that bonnet, and I don't know if you saw her page, like, you on here looking like Peter Pan, the deacon of Peter Pan land. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? The suits, the hair, the bonnets, the scriptures. I'm like, he is Why? torturing you in the name of Jesus, honey. That's what I'm like. I'm like, I don't like that you on here parading your wife around like this. Um, and you know you're doing her wrong. And you know she gonna stand beside you. Dick beside she gonna dig you out of this ditch. Why are you and then, and then, I'm just saying, I don't like either one of them, but I mean. Why you pick them? <laughs> you see a snapback, I see a helmet of salvation. <laughs> I don't have to We need to come together and pray for her. Girl, prayer, she's already praying. It's, it, and this ain't got nothing to do with God. <laughs> she needs to go to therapy. She's already praying for herself. I'm gonna have to keep Kevin. I, I've never been a Derrick Jackson fan. Um, I feel like, you know what? I believe in doing stuff that's marketable, fine. Like, you know, there are pastors who are real and then there are pastors who do it because, listen, religious, it, religion is profitable. I've always seen Derek Jackson as a man who's saying stuff because you know that women are gonna flock to the brand of saying a man is wrong. And the thing that I like about Kevin is that he does both. Like, he talks shit about men just as much as he does women and he talks crazy to everybody. Now, I've been kind of watching his recent shows and he actually has toned it down a little bit, which I'm like, maybe he's taking feedback and he's like, I'm not going to go so hard. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I like that him. That petition because... is going around. That's why. <laughs> that petition to get him removed is what kind of... <laughs> he was trying to get him removed from YouTube. Shut up. Like yeah. hate speech We're towards moving. women. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I guarantee, I'm sure that's what made him tone it down, but... Damn, the internet is undefeated. They're like, we don't like you. Hey, you ain't gonna get right or get wrong. Don't come after black women like that and think you ain't gonna, like, nah, you got to mess up. Because, see, I, see, I think what you're saying about Derrick Jackson is true for Kevin Sanders. Like, he knows that. Yeah, I think it's all a gimmick. Okay. Well, just because, like, I'm gonna talk so much trash that that's gonna draw you to me. Because you're gonna want to debate me. So I'm gonna get the views. Okay. Because even though you hate me, you're going to look at it because it's going to piss you off and you want to call and, in and argue with it. And he actually talked about that in an interview where he talked about, like, he started off just kind of giving advice or whatever, which is which is the basis of it is the stuff he says is legit. You know what I mean? But somebody told him, like, he was like, yo, you, 
be spitting facts, but you mad born. And he took that to heart. And so that's when he decided that to ramp it up and actually okay. started getting kind of like more aggressive and insulting okay. for the views. And so he's a little both. Okay, so let's move into our topic then. We're going to move into our Kevin Samuels discussion. For anybody out there who doesn't watch or listen to um, Kevin Samuels, he is a, I guess we would say, self-proclaimed relationship, snatch black women wig advice giver. Um, But the thing about Kevin Samuels is from observation or, you know, just me watching him, he also is kind of like a statistics kind of person. So he merges his thoughts and ideas about the black community and marriage with like statistical data in a very sometimes aggressive but truthful way. Um, so we have Miss Nina who does not like Kevin at all. We have Frankie who's 50-50 and then we have myself who I actually really enjoy Frankie. Um, and I think it's, in, I mean Frankie, I enjoy Kevin Samuels. It's interesting because you guys are married and then I'm single mostly, you know, by law, marriage, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> um, I'm going to let you guys start. I think we'll start that way. I'm going to let you guys start with your positions on them. And Frankie, tell us why you are 50-50. I mean. And should we cancel Kevin Samuels? That's the point of this. Should, should black people cancel, black women especially, cancel Kevin Samuels? We get to, cancellation gets to, like, if we don't like what you're doing, cancel them. Like, I... I don't know about canceling them. That feels a little strong, but <laughs> that's always that's the default. But I'm with him. I'm like what I was saying earlier, like I'm with him. Like there's like stuff he actually says is like it's it's true, it's on point. Like he does spit a lot of facts about situations and So give me but, one that sticks out to you. What's something that you've heard him say that you like, dang, I messed with that. Yeah, like so his target audience for the most part is like women that are expecting women way up, way up here. Me, for, yeah. For the people that's listening to the podcast, like when I say way up here, I mean like ten percenters, like men making a certain amount of money. And okay. a lot of women, at least a lot of women he's talked to on the show, go on there, you know, kind of with the, I guess their views are a little off. Like they just mm-hmm. think that they grow on trees. Like yeah, I want a man to take care of me and my three kids you know, making six figures, I ain't got to work again, boom, boom, boom. And it's just like, and he would ask him, he'll be like, how many men did you actually think make that kind of money? Right. Like, oh, 15, 20, no, it's it's only 10%. Yeah. And do you want a man your age? They were like, yeah, like, are you in your 20s, 30s? Like men, most men who are making that money don't see that until they 40s plus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what I mean? Like, he starts breaking down, like, okay, you want this, but when you actually dive into it, you realize how maybe unrealistic or lofty expectation that really is. Mm-hmm. And then he flips and is like, now, the men that you're looking for, what they are looking for, because it's, it's not a one-side equation. You got to think about what those type of men are looking for. And yeah. unfortunately, and we can debate about how he delivers this, but... A lot of men in their 30s or whatever making all that money aren't necessarily looking for women in their late 30s with three kids. Right. Who are looking to retire and be, you know what I mean? Like they're not really looking for that necessarily. You know, okay. maybe not the right fit size, you know, body wise. <laughs> like, 
but you know, but so he kind of, it's a lot of, I think it's, <laughs> but that's how a lot of men think. Now we can debate if it's right or wrong or if it applies to everybody or whatever, but that's how a lot of men do think. Like a lot of men in that category do okay. are very specific with what they look for. And a lot of times it's not the people that's looking for them, unfortunately. And I like that you point that out because I think that the thing about Kevin Samuels, I'm gonna try and be as unbiased as possible when Nina talks. Um, but I think that a lot of people get lost in translation that he's not talking to certain people, you know? Like he's like, listen, right. I'm talking to the girls who want the top 10%, 1%, whatever. And if that's who you want, this is what you have to do. If your man works at, you know, if there's nothing wrong with people working for it, but if you have a, it, and he does say that those men deserve respect and peace and all these things too. But he says you have more leverage when you start dealing with, you know, typical people. But if you want a man who has all these women at his disposal, you're going to have to kind of play the game in that. And I think that's right. the thing that gets lost in translation with his, you know, with his delivery. Because the problem is when you are backing things up with dad and stuff like that, you're going to get people who are like, well, I've been in this category. I don't have a man and I have this. So I want to know what I can do. But I think sometimes you get lost at like, ma'am, that's cute, but I'm not talking to you. Like you can take, you have to take certain pieces that work if you're not trying to be up there competing with, you know, people who want to be with get the top CEOs and athletes and whatever because that culture does look different. Um so I will let Nina go before I say anything because I'll I'll say why I like them, but I'm gonna let Nina go. <laughs> I don't like Kevin Samuels purely for the way he speaks to okay. people, primarily women. Um some of the videos that I've seen um have women that are calling in with an open mind and heart to get advice. And I know that this is not everybody, but the mm -hmm. few that I have seen, they're like, you know, I want a partner, I, I want this. What do you mean a partner? What do you mean, you want a husband or you want a partner? You know, it's like, whatever they say, he like takes it and manipulates it and turns it into like, somehow you're crazy and you don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, Kevin, I'm trying to understand. Like, I'm being open. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Like, what do I need to do? And you're just like berating this woman for having these children and asking her where her baby daddy's is and why you didn't marry them. And I, it's just like, I feel like his message, I don't think it's all the way wrong to both your points. Like, he is pulling out dad and he is talking about things that are true. It's the way he delivers it. That's yep. very off-putting for me, especially in the climate that we're in, where I feel like black women are um, consciously and subconsciously craving for um, men, primarily black men, to kind of yeah. speak up for them and defend them. It's mm -hmm. just like terrible timing for this. It's like, dude, we don't need you talking crazy to these women and yeah. then posting this all over the internet. Like, so that's what's bothersome for me. And to that point, because I'm 50-50 on like. Um, on the facts part, I'm, I'm with a lot of what he says, but he also, what I, around it that makes me uncomfortable is he kind of starts giving a voice to a lot of men who are misogynistic. Yeah. Don't like men. He starts to give them a voice, but like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you don't, you know, you, you damage goods, you, you know, you ain't all that and all that. Like, you can hear the hate around some of the men that support him. Support, that he okay. To. And that's a little, I, like, some of that is a little uncomfortable. But a lot of it is because how he talks, he does 
he does sometimes insult them. He sometimes does come at them. It's, after what it is, it's, it is a little uncomfortable to watch. His, deli his delivery could be a certain way. Yeah. I think what corrupts it is the idea of what he was saying earlier. It was like, yo, like, you know, he started off doing just doing advice, but it wasn't polarized. Like, it wasn't getting the attention that yeah. he could have getting. And so he, it gets, you know, it makes it worse. He, you know, yeah, he makes it worse by trying to, like, in order to get the views, I have to kind of talk bad. I kind of got to talk down to you. Like, yeah. oh, you're a free kid. You, you know good. You damaged goods. Like, you might as well die alone. Like, some of that stuff is a little extreme. Well, he doesn't say, might as well die alone. Okay, so I'll... <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to... Go, Frankie, before, you, before I talk. You have to say something else. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I'll say, as somebody who kind of runs in some of the circles that he speaks to, I get it. Um, I think that you'd have to deal with the audience that he's talking to. Now, I think with anything, people are gonna villainize and weaponize what you say. Like, they do that with the Bible. You know what I'm saying? So you cannot, it's inevitable that people will weaponize and turn it into some kind of misogyny Bible, whatever. Um, I do think that his delivery was off-putting. I think the problem is that people were looking for it to be that bad based off the clip that went viral. The clip that went viral that made me look at him was the uh, your average at best clip. I don't know if y'all seen it, yeah, but the girl's on. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, so I watched the full episode and I find it cringeworthy how many people go on and you hear the first lady say this, you come on, you say the same shit, and then you expect a different result because I'm different, I'm different. I do think that, you know, like my parents have been married my whole life, um, but my mom has actually always been the leader kind of in their marriage. So I learned a lot about what I wanted and didn't want in men based off of what what really was mostly what I didn't want. Like my mom kind of led everything. My dad didn't have a clue, he's alcoholic. So I turned out to be that kind of hyper masculine woman that he talks about. Like, I even when I thought about like my future, it was like kids, house, career, but I never once thought like husband, like husband never crossed my mind. Um, and so realizing like the kind of people that I was starting to track, which were some of the people that he kind of speaks to, I didn't really know how to communicate with those people. Like I would see the, you know, some of the characteristics that he talks about and I'm like, uh, -uh I'm not gonna deal with that. I don't know what to do with that, whatever. Now to me, he helped me realize the kind of person who I did and didn't want to deal with. But um, I also think that he points out how unwifely we can be as black women sometimes. Like it's different if you want to kind of, I don't even know. I don't want to say gender roles, but I'm about to say it. <laughs> it's different if you want to meet at the table and talk about what your roles and gender roles are in your family, right? But the reality of it is if you have a CEO, an athlete or whatever, they're nine times out of 10 aren't gonna want you to be the person who's like 50, 50, whatever. Now, if you have somebody who's kind of like in that in-between, you know, athlete part, you might get that meeting of the minds where you like work out a deal, I guess. But once you start getting those people who make millions and millions a year, the truth is they don't want somebody who feels like, oh, well, I got it all going on and you need to cook and clean too and whatever, because I'm they just are too busy to do that kind of stuff. But for me, it never, um, I never thought much about like being a wife or being wifely. It always in my mind that I'm gonna take care of me and my household. If somebody comes along, cool, we'll fit you in. But I never learned to kind of work with people.
So once he started talking about the statistics of everything, like one in four black women will get married. And I'm looking around and all my friends are married. It's like, ooh, shoot. You know, you, it really does cause you to have a reality check about how you have to be as a person. And so if you can get past the delivery for me, like sometimes it's like, I don't know, I'm kind of like, I don't take everything so serious too. So some of the stuff I be thinking is funny only because some of them come on and challenge him in a way that I would, I yeah. would ask you to. Like, yeah, yeah. I would come at you, too. If you come on here talking about you wrong and blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll get to a point and you'll ask him for advice. He'll give it to you. You don't like it. And you'll be like, I don't know, because I heard you like men anyway. And it's like, okay, but you 5'3 and 700 pounds. Like, men don't like you. You know? I can't I can't anyway. Yeah, like, I, I understand the clapbacks. But I think he's being realistic. Like, listen, as a culture, we do have some stuff twisted. I think that a lot of our parents and media and whoever have taught women to just be like you should give it to me because i'm a woman and that's really not how the world works but i don't know he just some of the stuff that he says allowed for me to have a cool reality check based off of who i wanted like you have more leverage when you have an average person who you know is gonna let you do certain things but if i have somebody who's working that hard the reality of it is would you want to bust your ass and then have to pull a double ship. No, like black women do it all the time and we don't like it. And so he's just kind of flipping it and saying, men don't want to do that same thing. You want me to buy you nice cars and do all these things, but then you want me to come home and be extremely hands-on with the kids. Now I'm not saying that he, to me that doesn't read as not being present, but if you a stay-at-home mama, you probably are the diaper changer if I'm the breadwinner. That's just kind of my take on it. But he, he could deliver a little different. But as I said here recently, I have seen that he's gotten a little bit softer. And maybe it's because he has his audience now. Yeah, that's I was just going to say, I think your point about having a conversation about gender roles is very important. Yeah. Because I do think that people assume that there are certain, like, I don't want to have any gender roles. Everything's going to be equal. Well, is it really gonna be? Is that really what you want for everything to be equal? Right. Like you talk about, you don't want to fill up your gas tank, and your husband needs to go take your car to go get gas. Like, so what? Yeah. Like, are we talking about really equal gender roles and equal tasks that are happening in the household? Mm -hmm. So I do agree with that point. I think that's a conversation that we need to have because I do think people kind of want to pick and choose, and if that's what works for your lifestyle in your partnership or marriage or whatever you have, then that's great. But, you know, even before we got married, we had to have conversations about certain things, like who's going to do what and how we're going to balance everything and how mm -hmm. are the finances working. Like, you have to have conversations about that to see what you want that set up to look like. Because it does look different for everybody. I was a parent when we got married. So I had my own thing. So yeah. arguing with another person was different. It's difficult. <laughs> yes. For sure. Especially like, you know, people, a lot of people don't talk about that because I've always had a huge tribe. Um, and, but my daughter's father, he's always kind of taken direction from me because he has two boys before my daughter. But um, he'll say like, I wasn't really, I was kind of younger and I was kind of running the streets. So he had to be more hands-on with her, but because he didn't feel like he really knew, he allowed me to give him direction. And so it worked because it wasn't really a fight because he's like, I don't know how to raise and I definitely don't know how to raise a girl because I got two boys. Um, so I think that's probably something that's going to be a little difficult for me, 
you know, especially once marriage comes around, it's, it's and I realized that for myself, is realizing that I'm gonna have to share this role when I have a kid with somebody who I'm married because as moms, we think like, oh, we're right. We know how to do it. Change the diaper this way and that way. But it's like, just like man, there's more than one way to skin a cat. The diaper might be crooked, but you know, let them, let them, let a man figure it out like you would. So yeah. with that said, how did you guys, well, let's, let's back up. How did you guys meet? What's your story? And then um, I want to dig into more about the gender role thing and how you guys came to figure out the rhythm of your relationship. So we met at Target on War Parkway. <laughs> yeah, we was work, we was working we together. together at okay. Target. Yeah, and uh, I remember I remember Nina started when Nina had started working there. She was on a cash, she was on a register, and I hollered at one of my supervisors like, hey, I'm like. I'm like, what you know about her? <laughs> now, Nina had, at the time, Nina had this really long hair. It was right after prom. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I started working there right after prom. I had my prom weave in. Okay. <laughs> and it came down to her. Yo, I love your lock so much. I can't even, and I went to school with you. I can't even see you with hair no more. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and she, and she told me, she was like, yeah, she, uh, she was like, oh yeah, she just started working here, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, is that her real hair? She was like, <laughs> I, so. I was like, word. Like really, I don't know why she told me that she thought that was your real hair. I don't know why either. I was very, <laughs> I was very open about wearing weaves. <laughs> and so one time after work, when all of us was leaving and I decided to shoot my shot and, uh, and uh, I guess I made the shot, but uh, I guess I made the shot. She was she was in a relationship. <laughs> I was wondering why y'all keep like <laughs> <laughs> she because she was in a whole ass relationship. I was with my child's father at the time. Okay, I was in high school. Okay, yeah. <laughs> don't try to don't try to put a disclaimer. Don't try to put a disclaimer. If I didn't have a child, we wouldn't even be talking about this man. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> Golly, but, yeah. but you know, so, you know, eventually, I, um, I was in a relationship. We were like cool, but we never were like romantically involved at that time. Um, shortly later, he got into a serious relationship, and so we were, you know, I had stopped working at Target, so we didn't have any contact. And then we happened to end those serious relationships around the same time. Okay. And then got reconnected. Um, so how'd you well, we weren't in a relationship at that time. We were just hanging out, and we grew a really, really strong friendship. So like, okay. we did everything together. Um, and then when I was away in school, I don't know when it. I still cannot pinpoint when it happened when we got into <laughs> an actual relationship. Nah, we just looked up and we just like. I think we've been going together for some months. I think we go together. Let's just keep it going. When so like, around really what, how old were you guys around this time though? When we oh when we actually became when a y'all like, I think we go together. Uh so this was your I I think it's around her second semester of your junior year. And I think we went into your senior year as full-fledged in a relationship. In college. Correct. So I don't know what. I don't know. Because, you know, I started school late. Uh, I don't know how old so, you are. 
I'm gonna have to give y'all some time, some homework. You got to dig into that timeline. I, 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 I play the timelines out of my head a lot. So she started. <laughs> Be like, I gotta figure out this. Number. I know. 2012 was freshman. 13, 14. So it's probably around about 2014. Yeah, 2014. Okay. When we, which so that's what seven years ago. Okay. So yeah, about 2014. Yeah, we were. I think you can say we were official. So you guys are so twenty three ish. Hmm. <laughs> I was doing reverse math, so I was. So I'm old right, now. Thirty three. So yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm thirty three. So okay. So you younger than me? I'm thirty. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I said twenty three. I assumed you were thirty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so seven years ago. So yeah. Early 20s, okay. my mid going late 20s, something like that. So okay, okay, yeah. okay. So that that kind of adds some perspective because I feel like you can kind of just lie your way into a relationship, like when you, in your early 20s. That's why I was asking that because uh, I feel like once you get towards your 30s and stuff, you got to be a lot more very intentional. Now what we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to be a lot more vigilant and and you know, hey, 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 intentional. What we doing? <laughs> so that's cute. So how did you guys? Okay, so you you kind of lazed your way into a relationship. We go together now. How did you, at what point did you realize, okay, like, we go together, we're going to sit down and talk about certain things. What what was important initially? And then how did you sit down and iron those things out? Were you at the edge of marriage? Was it like, oh, shoot, we're going to live together? What did that look like? I think we had, because we were friends, we always had conversations about certain things. So we kind of knew certain things about each other that, before being romantically involved. So it was very clear, like, neither one of us are just doing this just to do it. Like, if we actually saying that we're in a relationship, we're pursuing this for real. Like, we're working up to something. So that was complete. Like, we're not just going to be playing around and going together forever. I call it dating with a purpose. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what, I, and it's so cliche, like, you gotta marry your best friend or, you know, be best yeah. friend. But it's, but that's how we actually learned about each other. And that's, mm -hmm. was that bond through the friendship. And mm -hmm. then it becomes, okay, this is with those values and every week, the stuff we on the same page about, that's somebody I can be romantic with on top of, you yeah. know? So, yeah, so that, as cliche it is, that's exactly how it was. It was we got to know each other as friends, became friends first, and then became romantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To a certain level. So Nina, you were younger. Frankie, you were like mid twenties. So did you feel a little more pressure to like be intentional and serious about it or, or were you just kind of like, eh, whatever, too? You mean while we were together? No, like, like you guys kind of said, okay, we go together in your twenties or whatever. But at that yeah. point where you kind of like, shit, I need to like, settle down and get do this now or was it just like oh it's here uh, so why not nah not for me not for me uh that sounds about is, right men y'all could just do that to y'all <laughs> that's correct like it is like timelines are a little less pressure on men yeah Jesus, but yeah so i no nah, that that didn't really factor into it now nina on the other hand when she turned 22 she was just like oh, oh we had i need to have kids before it's too late <laughs> I already got one. <laughs> they need to be the same age. I want her to have a playmate. Like, Listen, no. you know what? I'm 30. My daughter's eight. And I'm like, shoot, I screwed up. Because you should have just had two together and gave her a friend. Because then you still always have the pressure of having that 
single kid, but now you got to go and have two because you're back in the same boat. You really don't have two only children with the age difference. Because <laughs> that other one is two. She's already 13, okay? Yeah. Look, Frankie. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a whole, that's a whole new level. So you, do, you do your podcast. What kind of things, I know you talk about relationships, but what kind of things do you see that are kind of, I don't necessarily know if I want to say wrong. I feel like somebody's going to be like, nothing's wrong. But what do you feel like how millennials don't, they get it wrong. I'm just going to say it. What do you feel like when you look at dating and the things that people bring to you and say, you're like, oh, they always get it wrong because they do this and that, or this is what should be happening, but it's not happening. Or if I could go back and do this again, I would tell my younger self to do it this way. I think we get, um, we as millennials, because I'm part of that, um, I think we get really caught up in appearances. Mm -hmm. And so wanting to portray a certain um, relationship or make it look like a certain thing, this idea that we have in our minds. And um, I think sometimes that starts to infiltrate its way into relationships and kind of puts these ideas and thoughts out there that aren't like grounded in reality. Okay. Know? So I think, you know, even to back to the whole Kevin Samuels thing, I think that's kind of what tricks some of these women up because they want to maintain this certain lifestyle because that's what looks great. Mm -hmm. It looks great to have this man that's paying everything and then he's also an active dad and I'm able to work from home if I want to and mm -hmm. I can rock Chanel and get my designer clothes and bags and all that. That looks good. Mm -hmm. But I'm not thinking about what goes into having that sort of lifestyle. And so I right. think sometimes the desire to have something look a certain way also allows us to get chipped up into sometimes accepting and tolerating things that we shouldn't. Um, I know some women and some men who, you know, go through some really tough shit in their relationships. Yeah. And they do it for the sake of um, keeping up appearances. And so, not that you shouldn't want to flex, you know. Yeah. Work hard for your relationship and whatever you have right. in your life. I think that's fine. Um, but reality is reality. Okay. Social media is social media. Yeah. Um, don't flex your desires of wanting to have a certain social media presence and a certain look. Mm -hmm. impact how you engage in your relationship. Like, that has to be a separate thing. Um, yeah. And some of that means drowning out noise from social media because people feel like they get to comment on what you are or are not doing. Mm -hmm. That's impacting what you got going on with your partner. She said yeah. a whole word. Like, that's exactly... I don't have like, yeah. to add much because that's exactly... Yeah. Like, we're not born to putting our relationship out on social media about mm -hmm. things we doing and stuff like that. But but that's under but that don't show the work that went into the relationship. Like y'all don't get y'all don't see all that, but that work do exist. And so I think what she said is spot on. Like it is an it does become an appearance game. And I do see a lot of relationships that end quickly or whatever. They're not really trying to put the work because they're not thinking about what it actually takes to maintain a relationship. Right. Some people are just focused on how it looks and oh, we could be a power couple or oh, we you know we can, you know. And so I see a lot of I see a lot of relationships in that regard, like not like faltering because they not they don't actually understand what it takes to actually maintain a serious relationship. It's 
Yeah. Unfortunately. I would have to agree with you guys. Um, I feel like prior to getting in an actual relationship, um, one, I feel like sometimes black women are, we're too loyal. Um, I feel like we're taught to be so loyal that you are loyal to a fault. And I think that as a woman, before you get in a relationship, you should define what loyalty lo is for you and where your love has its limits. Because yes. once you do that, then you are no you know when you can walk away and you don't need like like I feel like a lot of times we rationalize like, well, if he cheats or I need to see this in order to leave. And sometimes it's just because you know and how you feel and you know it's off balance and it's not right. So I think like a, a lot of it is the loyalty thing, but then like how, how you guys were saying, where it's like, what does it really take to have what you want? And that's part of the reason why I do like Kevin Samuels because he's saying like, if you want those things, the, you might look up, you know, like for my relationship, he's an athlete. Um, he's kind of at the beginning of his career. And he also is very clear about who he, what it is that he wants. So those conversations were very intentional in the beginning because you know where you're going, I know where I'm at and where I want to go. And so we can actually have those real conversations about who does what. I know very, very, very clearly the man don't clean at all. <laughs> like you don't clean, you're the kind of person that I'll see where you've been in the house right off the bat. Everything is right where you left it. But I also know you're the kind of person that, hey, you don't have to do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? So knowing your role in a relationship, and I don't just mean gender-wise, I just mean knowing, I think it's important for everybody to know their place in everything, not just relationships, but friendships, right? Like if I have a friend who I want more for her than she wants for herself, I got a friend I fight with all the time. And I had to tell myself like, you can't keep wanting this girl to be something that she's not. Like you have already loved her for who she is and you just have to support, support her and meet her where she's at. But I think we can be pretty unrealistic as millennials because, um, I mean, I feel like a lot of our mothers went through so much. Um, you got to think like we had ancestors who couldn't vote and get bank accounts. You know, we're being taught by these people. And so some women settled down for marriage to get what they needed. And then some went the other way. And they were like, I don't need it and I'm not going to do it. So you have to really try and find what speaks to you and what matters most in those relationships. But I totally agree with you guys in saying like people don't realize the work that goes into it after. Like I have been in like relationships where people have kind of idolized me and put me on a pedestal. So when I got in one where I had to work, it was like, oh, God, I'm so tired of saying sorry. Like I got to apologize for this and that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but they think once you get the relationship, it's done. And I have to tell like my friends all the time, like being in a relationship is like getting a puppy or having a baby. Like you have this baby and you love it so much, but then you like, this baby won't stop crying. This baby wants to eat. This baby's getting on my nerves. I really love and want to like this baby, but it's so much work to keep to deal with this baby, but I'm stuck with it. And I feel like relationships have to work that way where it's like you get it and you think, all right, we're here now. But it's like, oh, no, the real work starts now because you got to be. It doesn't stop. <laughs> and clothe your baby. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Like as you're growing and getting older, you're all changing and evolving, hopefully becoming better versions of yourself. So yeah. the work doesn't end. I think sometimes we get to this place where I'm like, woo, we engaged now. All right. Oh, we married. Yeah. We do. Baby, it keeps going. You it's still, it's just getting started. You still have to do their work. So, like, I, I'm really happy that you mentioned like friendship because mm -hmm. I feel like we could do a better job of helping people see like this 
intentional working through things on yourself and with somebody else doesn't just happen in a romantic relationship. You also need to do this in your friendships. And so if you learn and you practice that, you know, that's what I'm trying to teach my daughter now. She's 13. This is how you show up and be a good friend. This is what you This is how you know you need to cut certain friendships off. Maybe you've grown out of this. So that whenever she does, you know, when she's at a place and she's mature enough to enter into a romantic relationship when she's an adult, hopefully she'll have some tools under her belt that she can pull from from how she's navigating in friendships. Um, because that means a lot, too. I think we just put so much weight on romantic interactions yeah. that we don't we miss those opportunities to teach how to show up in other relationships that are, those are the, the, the building blocks yes. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that we give we put so much more pressure and responsibility on friendships but we're quicker to let them go than romantic relationships and that says a lot you know uh about what we're taught as people like once we enter the romance side I got to be steadfast to you and nothing can break it. But meanwhile, your friendships have been there. They've been through everything and every high and low. And those are the people who did the real work and, you know, knowing when to let go. I remember like having to stop being friends with my one of my very best friends who I thought, you know, middle school and through high school we're friends for years. But when I had to let that go, it really does feel like a breakup because yes. you with these people, you love them, but you have to understand when it has a limit yes. and the work that goes into it. I, I put my friendships oftentimes before my relationship I have and learning that balance and how two things can be just as important is, is like a big deal. But I treat them like a relationship too. Like I'm going to give y'all my all. You might not have romance in them, but you love these people and it's, it's a marriage to me too when you have real friends. Yeah, yeah. I think it all really stems down to like knowing what you want, mm -hmm. what you deserve, and then having an understanding of can I match that for somebody else? Yeah. I can't ask for something that I can never give. That don't mean you've got to consistently give it, but if I'm saying that I want love, understanding, support, I, I have to be willing to give that to somebody else. And I have to understand that that may look different for that other person. I think that is what has helped us in our relationship is mm -hmm. him under, having a full understanding of who I am. I don't think there's anybody on this earth that knows me the way he knows me. Mm -hmm. He understands the way I need to be supported, the way I need to be loved, all of that. And, so, and also understands when some of that needs to change and alter, mm -hmm. depending on what- So at what point were you able to, like, I feel like a lot of women that I know are super guarded and they are like, I'm scared. I'm scared to do this. I'm, I'm scared to do a relationship. I'm scared to get married. At what point, or was it just, were you just always open? But if, if you weren't, at what point were you like, I'm gonna let my guard down and be okay with being okay? That's tough because I feel like, um, and I know people get irritated about this, like you mentioned before about us being friends, but I feel like that guard was down for me before we started becoming mm -hmm. romantically involved because we were such good friends. And so, you know, I had something, some of my hardest moments being a single parent in school, you know, he was there supporting me coming back and forth to you know, Warrensburg when I didn't have a car or would, you know, just support me in a bunch of different ways. And so it was easy for me when we were 
finally together to be like, I know this person genuinely supports yeah. me and cares for me. So that guard is already down because when I was at my lowest, you were one of the people there supporting me. So, so Frankie, how did you learn to like fill in in that way? I feel like we always talk about women and what they need and whatever. But how did you learn to fill in that way and still have your needs met as a person? Because you got feelings and things too. Oh man, I mean, I mean, we and we both had so much stuff going on. I just, it really do feel like a cheat code when I say we were friends first. <laughs> uh, it, it it does seem like a cliche, but it's it's a cheat code because you learn a lot of that stuff ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so in the relationship, it just kind of automatically happened when you got that understanding. Like when we were just dating, like she, like I had a lot going on taking care of my mom. Like I had, you know, I didn't really, a relationship was kind of, you know, I didn't have a lot of space, a whole lot of space for it. And yeah. then it was in school and had a like we both had a lot going on. I don't, so I don't really know how, we figured it out or how we, you know, kind of came into each other's lives just, you know, just perfectly. But I, I, I can't really speak this, is, but yeah, I guess that friendship and that bond, it just kind of happens organically, you know. And so I see where when people are dating, when people meet each other for the first time to date and not yeah. to be friends, I can see those complications where yeah. you don't really know each other. You're trying to date and get to know each other at the same time. Where yeah. we cheat, we you get to be friends first. You cheat the we process. Cheated. <laughs> it's the process. You get to, you know what I mean. And so, yeah. I get, that's that's I'm, it's hard, but that's not realistic to be in a relationship with people you've been friends with. Friends. Like that's kind of yeah. And I was gonna say, I was gonna say that I know you guys have to go soon. So um, to that point, I think that a lot of times people get caught up in that friendship, and you have to truly know who you are. I think it's very important to be friends first. But you also have to be very clear on what your end game is. And I feel like I yeah. see a lot of that get messed up because we have this idea of there's a such thing as moving too fast or whatever. But at the end of the day, a lot of people get caught in, in oh, well, I'm not ready or we're friends first. And you've been friends for five years and, and you're 30. It's different when you're a little younger. You guys are like special because in that frame, you can do that kind of stuff. But at 30, like I'll tell somebody quickly, well, when I was dating, I don't need no friends. I got friends. So I don't, I don't really need you to be wow. my friend. I want to date with intention and know what I want and build a bond. And then our friendship will develop as we go. It's just like me, the homegirl, like that don't become your best friend right off the bat. You learn like, damn, bitch, we keep doing all this stuff together. We must be besties now, yeah. you know, but if you make it fit and you make it work and then you, you have that along with it. So I think as you get older, you start to see like, that's cute and that's cool, but all these important things first. And then if we align on these things, we gonna be friends as a result of that anyway. Absolutely. And I think it helps being older also helps you understand what exactly you are looking for and what exactly yeah. you do value yeah. in a relationship. And sometimes when you're younger, you don't exactly know. You think you know, but you don't really know. And so yeah. it's tougher to do that. When you get to a certain age, you already know, like, nah, you want some other stuff. Like, I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so maturity definitely plays a big role in being able to. So I, I, I see that part as well. So. So before I let you guys go, I'd love to keep you all afternoon, but I know you have a life to get to. You got a baby to pick up. Frankie is like, we're going to pick this baby up and go get drunk or something or before or after or whatever. What advice do you guys have? I know that you're not experts, but I think that you guys really do hold a special position because 
we have uh, first of all there's a lot of people who are, are millennials who are married but there's not a lot of people who are millennials who are married who are vocal and who are as black as y'all like i love that you guys are yourselves like nina i've known you for a while and you are still the nina you know you it doesn't seem that he tried to make you be somebody you're not and frankie i've known you for a while and you are still yourself so what advice do you guys have as millennial married people to give to people who kind of who want a relationship where you can be friends what should they keep in the forefront of their mind what should they anything that you can offer what can you give to them i think to your point getting to know yourself being very clear being being okay and comfortable with asking yourself really hard questions mm -hmm. about yeah. what it is that you want and pressing in on that and asking, well, why do I want that? Am right. I just looking for a relationship just to have one? Am mm -hmm. I looking for a relationship so I can be connected with somebody? Like what exactly get to the root of what it is that you want and be okay and comfortable with setting intentions and boundaries around that. And yeah. if someone doesn't accept it, that's okay. Doesn't make them a terrible person. But that's just not the need that you need met at this point in your life. Like being okay with doing that and having that evolve as you get older, it's okay. I think sometimes we get kind of stuck in the keep that same energy mentality. Yeah. It's okay to evolve. It's okay for your boundaries and your needs to change. So that's the advice I would give. Yeah, I communicate. Such a it's such a boring answer, communication. But what I see a lot in relationships, what I'm seeing a lot is when they're when they're dating, the feelings develop faster than you getting to actually know the person. The last thing is you fall, you start falling in love with somebody that you haven't fully grasped or understand or know yet. And then once it's too, once you fall in love and you and you in that spot, then you start to see how they are and all that. And it's like, and then if you you're in a stuck place where it's like yeah. I love them, but clearly this I'm isn't like, working. This and ain't you want to panic and try and fix it, <laughs> right? And so I see that all, and I don't know that I don't necessarily know the answer on how to slow your feelings down. Maybe you just need to ramp up how you get to know each other. I don't know. The <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. But that's a lot what I see is that that happens before you actually get to know the person. You fall in love, you kind of you feel stuck. You know, you, you can't just walk away. It's harder for you to walk away at that point. So I really just implore people, just communication and really, really spend that time getting to know them and not just being in the moment of feeling good. This feels good. I just like being here, you know, I just, yeah. you know. Really, you gotta really occupy that time to really get to know who you're dealing with. Because once some feelings hit, you'll my stuff and start to, you know, and then you look up and you be like, nah, this ain't, you know. So I see that all the time, and so and all the logic that went out the window. <laughs> it's, it's too late. <laughs> you know what? I think what you guys said is beautiful. Um, getting to the root of who you are, I think it's the basis of getting in any relationship, friendship, marriage, whatever. Um, I could speak for myself, a lot of things that I thought I wanted, once I started therapy and growing it, I realized that a lot of it was actually just the counter reaction to how I grew up and um, what I wanted to avoid. So I had to learn to shed those layers and shed the trauma and then see who I was at the core and what it is that I really want. And I found that I wanted a lot of things that I never had on my list. Um, a lot of things that were my deal breakers or my no-goes or 
you know, even age difference. I'm older. That was a uh-uh. I've always talked to people who were older and things like that. But once I started to realize why I was saying I wanted those things and were they really being true to myself or was it kind of right in the wrongs that my mom went through, mm-hmm. I started to learn what it was that I really wanted. And exactly what you said, Frankie, is putting the logic behind dating. Um, if you are out there and you're watching, I talk about this damn book all the time and I feel like this man should endorse me. <laughs> but there's a book called Men Don't Love Women Like You. It's for women. And then there's one There's a one for guys. I have to look up the name of it and I'll put it like in the notes section. But I actually sent that to my god cousin. And really, it talks about, it's kind of like a book Nina, you should read this now and think about it. Because it's like the Kevin Samuels of book, but it's not that. That's the best way that I can put to it. But he, reading this book, it is written by a man. He's a sociologist. Um, so I like kind of the, the backing behind it in the research or whatever. I think he's a sociologist. Anyway, the point is he had research behind it. Um, but it allowed for me to ask myself those questions and then actually kind of like digging the therapy, like, damn, do I even know myself and what it is that I want? But I learned, you know, exactly both the things that you're saying. And so I think that that is super beautiful, but no, you've got to know yourself to get where you want to be in anything, career, friendships, relationships, and whatever. So you guys are amazing. And I thank you for sharing your story. Do you have any final closeout things you might want to say? Yeah. Um... Check out our podcast as well. <laughs> Where can they find you? Um, We're on Apple, um, Spotify, Spotify, Anchor, all, Anchor. Everywhere. anywhere you like to listen to your podcast. We're also on Instagram at WBR Black and on Facebook at We'll Be Right Black. And we also got these shirts. Yes. Um, Check out our these Instagram. Are, yeah, these are available um, on our Instagram or Facebook pages or like for it. Or, or just go to the website, wbrblack.com. Uh, we got different shirts that you can purchase and support the podcasting movement. Um, you can get a discount if you use the uh, promo code podcast. Get a discount. Okay, you better plug that promo code. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you asked. I told. Better. Give them that promo code one more time. Yeah, pro- promo code is just podcast. Put in podcast, get about 20% off, and uh, support the movement. Well, I really thank you guys for coming on. I'm feeling like we're going to have to start a relationship segment where I pull you guys onto the digital world, the visual, I should say. Uh-huh. Nina, at the beginning of this, was like, uh-uh, I don't like all this. I want to know. But you know what? If you feel like wearing the bonnet of armor, then you... <laughs> I'm gonna toast with y'all and send y'all on your way. I love having you guys here. So let's cheers. Okay, Nina with the empty cup. Okay, Frankie with the absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. I still got something. I was I want to toast to you guys for being the epitome of black love, millennial love. You guys literally got into this relationship and remained yourselves, but y'all kind of just, y'all just make it so cute and fun looking. I think, listen, I know y'all say don't idolize relationships, but y'all give hope to people who want exactly what you have. And so keep being exactly what you are. Keep talking about relationships and all those other things and coming up with dope would you rathers. I sure can't do it. <laughs> so I'm going to cheers with y'all. Take I appreciate that. <laughs> bye guys thank you thank you woo guys listen they spoke some words they took us to church they did 
I don't know. If it don't sit right in your heart, if it don't sit with your heart, I don't think you're doing something right. If you are out there and you are having struggles in relationships, any kind of relationship, just not not just romantic. If you're having struggles in any relationship, make sure that you do the work to get what it is that you want. But also realize you have resources. We'll be, we'll be right. Black is out there for you. I, listen, I'm no expert, but I'm here for you. If you have a business, brand, personality, anything that you want, topic, anything that you want to talk about, you are more than welcome to join me on my show. It's Keeping It Real with Reality. You can find me on IG at Reality. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. It's been great, y'all. Y'all have a good day.